Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Rate the Record podcast, episode 20, the new millennium edition. Uh, Hell yeah. I don't even know what the hell that means. I, uh, 20th century. 20th episode. I'm excited. Something along the lines of that. But <laughs> your new millennium hosts today are Chris and... Savannah. I guess that has to make sense somehow, right? But yes, anyways, welcome to the Rate the Record podcast. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Follow, rate, comment, do everything you can because we're still trying to build that musical community. We want you to be part of it as oh, yes. always. Mm-hmm. And what better way to do that than to show your support like that? It's free. So there you go. That's a thing. Yeah, we'll be here every week. I- so, yeah, I'm, I am certainly hope so. <laughs> so far, so good. So... If you've been here before, you know exactly what we do on the show. So welcome back. Glad to have you here. You know, just as per usual, uh, enjoy the mayhem. But if you are new here, well, first off, thank you very much for giving us a chance. Hello. Welcome. Enjoy your stay. If you don't know what we do here on the podcast, each week, Savannah and I will take an album, be it completely at random, random being a big thing today, (laughs) a special anniversary type thing, like a milestone, uh, viewer's choice or listener's choice, I should say, kind of like last week's Brooks and Dunn episode. That was a uh, fan request. Regardless, we'll take an album, we discuss it at length, we rank the songs, and we rate the record. Ta-da, title card, the end, roll credits. Insert cheering uh, audio. You've always wanted some sort of canned laughter. You've mentioned that in the past. I'm going to have to do it eventually. Oh, hell yeah. I love it. So, yeah, today is a very uh, randomized episode. So to those of you who have been here before, uh, episode 10, we did a randomizer. We used a a site called theshuffle.com, and we ended up picking out Guster's Easy Wonderful. You can go check out that episode. We did it again. We, and we rolled a bunch of times on this site, and somehow we managed to pick out Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde. What are they, like we expected like a no name indie act, and we got like one of the biggest folk artists of all time. Yep, yeah, and uh, it was a record that I have never heard, so it was brand new to me. I mean, me too. I actually hadn't heard like I've heard plenty of Bob Dylan songs. I'm pretty sure we all have, but yeah, I've never listened to this all the way through. But before we go any further with the album, uh, there is a disclaimer that we usually like to read at the beginning of each episode to make sure we're all cool with things. We can agree to disagree. We're not a bunch of assholes about each other's opinions. So with a big mouthful of water, Savannah, please. <coughs> it's The spotlight's all yours. I am ready. The following thoughts and opinions we're going to discuss on Rate the Record regarding this album are strictly of our own personal interests. We are not professional music reviewers. We are simply two friends having fun discussing and listening to music. We encourage respectful discussion and friendly banter of each episode, but we do not condone and will not tolerate bullying or belligerence based on the opinions of ourselves or others. This podcast is a casual and for fun project, and you are welcome to take what we say regarding the albums we rate with a grain of salt. There we go. At least I still got my whole uh, flow going on here and everything <laughs> like that. So now that we can agree, at least we have to agree to agree to be cool with things. Mm-hmm. We can move forward now. And as we said, yes, today, episode 20, Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde, uh, just a very prolific artist. And this album in particular kind of blew him up a little bit. So it's worth talking about, I guess. Hey, the shuffle wanted us to do it. So I guess we're going to have to. We are a slave to the shuffle. At least every 10 episodes or so. (laughs) Fair. fair. It's been 10 episodes since, and here we are again. So, 
Robert Allen Zimmerman, a.k.a. Bob Dylan, was born May 24th, 1941 in Duluth, Minnesota. Dylan grew up loving rock and roll until September 1959 when his focus shifted to American folk music while attending the University of Minnesota. Dylan later dropped out to move to New York, and that's where his career pretty much started to take off. I'm doing a very nutshell version of his life, if you couldn't tell. Um, so in June 1966, after, you know, other albums have already been released, Dylan released his seventh studio album, Blonde on Blonde. It was recorded through the entirety of the first half of 1966 at Columbia Studio A in New York City and Columbia Studio B in Nashville. The album was released through Columbia Records. I mean, Columbia Studio, obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Critics have widely praised this album as one of the greatest of all time. The album came in at number 38 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list. Outlets such as All Music, Encyclopedia of Popular Music, and the Rolling Stone Album Guide all gave this album 5 out of 5 stars. Entertainment Weekly gave it an A+. The album went three times platinum, twice in the US and once in the UK. It peaked number 9 on the Billboard 200 and number 3 on the UK Top 75. The, UK, the singles released from this album are One of Us Must Know, Rainy Day Woman number 12 and 35, I Want You, Just Like a Woman, and Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat. He's got a lot of long song titles, and we're going to see that coming oh up. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, though all the singles placed on the Billboard Top 100, Rainy Day Woman peaked the highest at number two. Didn't even get number one. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I think it was, wasn't until recently, like the last few years, that he actually finally got his first number one single of all time. Oh, really? He's never had a number one single up until, like, very recently. Interesting. But also, uh, I wrote this to, I guess, fun fact. I mean, it's it's not really something to go on. I mean, it is something to go on because we're talking about Bob Dylan. But fun fact, this is considered to be one of the first double albums in music. It was released one week prior to the Mother of Invention's 1966 album Freakout, which some people actually claim is the first double album, but this one was oh. released first. Interesting. I... I knew none of that. Just sort of to let you know, uh, anything you say about Bob Dylan today is brand new information to me. Um, I have been to Duluth, Minnesota at least 50 times. And today what an was an exciting when, road trip. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I didn't grow up here, but uh, just I today was the first time that I ever knew or found out that Bob Dylan was born there or was from there. He wasn't no there idea. long as far as I'm concerned. He he was born in Duluth, went he lived somewhere else in Minnesota and then eventually to New York at when he was huh. like in his teen years type thing. I just thought that would have been a bigger thing where it's like Bob Dylan's from here, but no idea. No idea. So I guess they just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> They're a humble people. New York has like laid claim to Bob Dylan, so that's what where most people think he's from. I don't even know what I would have thought. Interesting. Neither would I. He he sounds like he was born in the middle of nowhere, though, considering like he's a folk singer. So you, you would <laughs> <Yeah>. think like <laughs> cornfields and nothing else. So just might as well write a folky album. I can agree with that. Speaking of folky albums, it's time to dig into this one in particular, Blonde on Blonde. So let's get into it now. Track number one. Uh, which I'm pretty sure many people have heard and just never know the proper title of, Rainy Day Woman, number 12 and 35, or as some of you might know it as, Everybody Must Get Stoned. Um, okay, so I've never heard this version. Um, it does feel like I'm on a bar patio listening to someone play covers to a crowd 
that is just strictly over 55. Um, I've only heard it in that capacity, never heard it otherwise. Um, the piano reminds me of a Louisiana piano bar, and I think that's pretty cool. I like that. Um, but uh, I'm just going to throw this out there outright. Um, I am not a fan of his voice, and I apologize profusely if I offend anybody who enjoys it. But it is not my cup of tea, and when the singing stops, I enjoy the song a little more. <laughs> oh, poor Bobby. Mm-hmm. You don't like the swagger in his voice. I don't. I never <laughs> understood the uh, the impressions until I heard this. I'm like, oh, dead on. They are dead on. I mean, that's pretty much his entire career, too. And if you've heard The Wallflowers, his son, Jacob Dylan has that same kind of vocal swagger in his voice, but too. But it's not as bad. Like, it's not as as much. Like, I don't mind the wallflowers. They're fine. But it also might be the most, the more modern type of music that I like. So it kind of fits. You, you can hear know. Bob Dylan in that guy's voice, though. Like, you can hear it in Jacob's voice. Yeah, but it's not as bad. It's, yeah. It's even like the same style of writing more often than not. But anyways, I said this was a great yeah. choice to start off the album. It feels like an old fashioned party romp type track. Uh, you did mention Louisiana, so very tying into that, because I said, like, it's like an old carnival or Mardi Gras type feeling yeah. in this song, like very old fashioned. Uh, the sounds of the people with him live in studio, um, it really feels like an encompassing party atmosphere. Like, you feel like you're in the middle of it, because, like, if you're listening to headphones, like, I don't know, there's something about the mixing that you can actually hear, like, the physical pla- placement of people. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And I mean, like, yes, and this is a note that's probably going to come up a lot in this album. Uh, it is fairly repetitive, obviously. Just kind of keeps going and going. Um, but it's it's just a sloppy, feel-good song. I mean, like, imagining being stoned or drunk while in the studio with this one. Like, I could see how anyone would want this song to go on for, like, an extra half hour. Because it's just, like, you're in there in the atmosphere. So it sounds like it would have been fun. Um, saying that it's, uh, repetitive and, you know, like I thought it was, uh, simplistic rhyming as well, which, you know, sometimes it's all right. Um, I think it's a very large understatement of it being repetitive. Holy shit. We will get into that later <laughs> oh, multiple times. Oh, we will. We will. Yes, I, I know. I know. And Ugh. like. I tried being, not that I'm going to be mean about it, but I was trying to be nice about it too. Anyway, um, you know, considering the the way that the rest of the album plays out, this feels like a fairly unconventional start to the album. But I mean, like, it's still a bouncy good time. And this song, I mean, this album has like some bouncy moments in it. Yeah. So it's, it's not too far off, but it's just, again, it sounds way different than most things on this album. And as I mentioned, too, like the mixing is fantastic, especially in the headphones. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, because there's a we have the thing now with our audio technology. We have like 3D audio and like you can hear like the distance and like just how far away or something is close to you in any headspace, 360 degrees. Like it's it's incredible that we have that. That's a thing. It is. And actually, there's this one video on YouTube. I don't remember what it is, but like. It's like it's almost like an asthma thing, but you're getting a haircut. But like it's like the barber, and you can hear him walking to the back of the room, snipping next to your ears. I'll so have to go around this way, and like close, you can. It's like you can close your eyes and see exactly where this person is. Yeah, Ooh, interesting. Uh, but like this, this is produced in the late mid to late sixties, and I mean like 
it gave me that feeling because again, you just you can hear the like where everything is. It's yeah. so crazy. Ahead of its time. <laughs> I definitely have that note for a song coming up for sure. Oh, probably because I mean, like it all sounds like they were all huddled around one microphone hanging from the ceiling and just like. Actually, I think that's how, what they, how they did it. They did multiple takes of just band recording. Yeah. I don't I like think there's that. individual in musicians doing things. I like that. I do have one one more note for this. Um, aside from uh, my note that says, I do not have high hopes for my enjoyment of this album. But you know what? I could be swayed. I could be swayed. You know, I've been swayed before. But um, I don't know. A counteract, a contradiction or whatever. Uh, objection i don't know uh you could be swayed but it's not going to change your score now because your, your score is practically written in stone mm. in well, your head it'll change but you're on paper it's going to look the way it is well who knows maybe it's 85 but uh one line is that a tuba was there a tuba in this song there were several yeah like horned instruments like yeah. trumpet. i think there might have even been a trombone yeah. Because I just imagine a marching band walking through the studio, just out the other door, and then just like going through. Yeah, because like they had the horns, like they did things really weird. Like certain, like the bass player was playing trumpet in this song. I think the oh. drummer took his kick drum, turned it on its side, and used mallets on it, so it gave oh. it like a, a kind of a timpani type feel. That's cool. Yeah, like musicians changed up instruments and everything like that, so that's why it sounded like so different, oh. and also just introducing new instruments as well. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like that. Because uh, it uh, it stuck out enough for me to notice. Mm-hmm. So I like the track; it's a lot of fun, bouncy. And I, I think I'm going to say the word bouncy a couple of times coming up, but we will get there when we get there. Mm-hmm. So, song number two, pledging my time. You know what? You're actually pretty lucky with all of these song titles. There's maybe two or three that I can stupidly segue into, but I don't know if, like, say the third one. I don't know if I could segue into that one. So I think you got off pretty easy this I time. I can't think of this next song. So we'll just have Visions of Johanna instead. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's literally off the cuff there. So it's probably not that good. But I am pledging my time to this podcast. So continue on. You're pledging your time to this album that you didn't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this song starts up. Uh, party's over, people. It's time for bluesy folk rock music to begin. Uh, yeah, the Mardi Gras band has marched out. Um and I think I mentioned this to you off camera in this song in particular, not just this song, but there's a few others too, where like Bob's like his singing mannerisms and his vocal swagger really fit this song like really well. It was enough that I had to make a note about it again, happens down the line too, but just, I don't know. It gave this song so much more character. So I guess I appreciated it more because of it. I wanted it to stop. Um, yeah. I, I, I did put, this is the song where I never understood the Bob Dylan impressions, but I definitely do now. Um, they were pretty spot on. Um, I I guess at the time there wasn't an absolute ton of mainstream songs that sounded like this. So it was kind of hard for me to put myself back then and sort of appreciate it for what it was when it was released rather than, you know, 50 years on where there's 50 years of music that has evolved from that yeah so that was that was kind of uh cool to kind of think of that but um i enjoyed the uh the starting off with the bluesy harmonica that was that was nice that gave me some high hopes 
going forward. Well, it happens a lot in this album, so I sure hope you score that high, too. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the suspended harmonica around a minute and a half in, that... That could have been cut by a few beats, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't know if it's a minute and a half in, but I have a note about a, a suspended harmonica. <laughs> but I want to go back for just a second because you mentioned, like, you know, like the difference between then and now of experiencing an album like this because, like, of how many, mm-hmm. like, decades of music have happened and what we're accustomed to and everything like that. I know a lot of people will be like, you have to appreciate it for what it is and, like, what it did for the time and everything like that. And I probably could, but the, the, the thing is, like, I'm the way I'm writing this album, especially this old, like I'm just taking it for as I hear it now. Like I I don't have time to dig into the history. I don't have time to place myself in 1966 when this album was debuting. And like I I wasn't there when Bob Dylan went from acoustic to electric and pissed off his fan base. Like all I know is like it's 2022. I've heard Bob Dylan on the radio plenty of times and I've just sat down to listen to Blonde on Blonde for the first time. So, I mean, Yes, my scores will not reflect how this impacted music. It's just how yeah. it impacted me. Yeah. And so I, I think that's a note you can agree on. And that's kind of what I want to put forth yeah. in this album yeah. saying, like, don't hate me because, like, wow, this is so groundbreaking. It, it probably was. But this is just how I feel about it yeah. in 2022. <laughs> I can agree with that. So this song is fine. Like, I, I, I didn't dislike this one, but... One part really got grading very quickly, and I don't know if we're talking about the same part. That's the thing. But mm-hmm. I said I wrote specifically the holding of this uh, nine-second high harmonica note, just one note for that's nine. Probably I, I counted it too. It was nine seconds. <laughs> yeah, I don't doubt if that's the same. It really pierced my brain a little bit. <laughs> like I get going off for a song, and people will do this. And like, there's a particular Neil Young song I make fun of him for, like the worst guitar solo I consider to exist. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, I don't know. You got to take a step back from the music every once in a while, or at least step back from the mic, so it's not like piercing. Oh my god! My I headphones. know. Because if it is the one microphone hanging from the ceiling, don't be afraid to take a step back if you're gonna really yeah. wail on those notes, you know. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that is uh that is going to be a repeated comment on my end for sure. It's straight it was right in right in my face. The, there was a there was um by the way, if anyone doesn't know, Robbie Robertson is on this album too. This was I think this was prior to the band too. So like they were just getting their start and but Robbie Robertson was invited to play with Bob Dylan on this album. Oh. Uh, his guitar works definitely in it. You'll notice it when you hear it. I can promise you that. Uh, but there was this one, like, there's a song coming up where like the mix is way too loud in one of my ears, and just like the guitar is just there, sharp in my left earphone. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> Robbie, calm down. Yeah, just stop it. The yeah. mixer needs to do something. Just turn it down, just a smidge. Yeah. But yeah, again, fairly repetitive. I mean, like it is. It's the blues, which generally is like straightforward, repetitive anyway. Yeah. Uh, so. Other than the addition of various solos throughout the song, like it is pretty straightforward, nothing too much else about it. But mm-hmm. at least it's different from the first track, so at least we're on the right foot of like, you know, give me something else. And you did, so thank you. Yep. I I like that ending. That that works. Yeah. And that does happen to the album too. I mean, it does kind of go back to same old, same old every once in a while, but every once in a while you get something thrown at you different, which is nice. Yep. It kind of keeps your keeps you paying attention, right? You kind of yes. zone out and then you're pulled back that's definitely happened while i was listening to this album i've listened to it a, a few times like three or four times since last week yeah. so like I'm, I'm trying to get like more familiar with the tracks as i go 
All right, so song number three, Visions of Johanna. All right, you first, please. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) I already like, I I liked how this one felt early on. I even wrote like that specifically. Um, It's already different enough from the first two tracks. Uh, It's got this like slow, calmer, like folk beat to it. It's like the rhythm. It's really enjoyable. So like you're not getting that party thing. You're not getting the blues rock. Like this is, this is the first folk song of, um, of the album. Mm -hmm. Um, I do. I really like the drums. Uh, through the song as soft as they are, but like there's something about it that just kind of like they're kind of like skippy, like bouncy a little bit. Just yeah, I don't know. You kind of pick up on it; and it feels nice. But the problem with the drums is between the verses and the choruses, which was like five or six verses. Oh my god, seven minute song. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, the drums stop, but you just hear the cymbal being hit, uh-huh. and it bothered me a lot. Oh, really. Like, just don't do the cymbals if you're going to eliminate the drums because, I don't know, something about it just sounded off to me. It didn't fit properly. And then yeah. the drums would kick back in and it sounded good. So I'm just like, just take out the cymbal heads. It's fine. Yeah. I I have to say that I, I don't feel as strongly. I don't think I really noticed if it did bother me. But I do have some notes regarding the production of this song. And it does go back to what you were mentioning about it sort of encapsulating your entire head while you're listening to it, right? You close your eyes and you can see where all band members are standing. Yeah. So so I the organ in the distance is a nice touch. Uh, that was uh, rear right. Um, I really like how that organ sounds and the cymbal hits seem to be in my my rear left. So it was just sort of... I don't, I don't know. There's not much that I listen to that sort of has that feeling. So this being one of the first ones, I was just like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, this is awesome. Sorry for the awkward cut there. There was just some technical difficulties. So uh, Savannah, just keep going on with your notes now. It's all good. All right. I may repeat myself. Uh, yeah, sorry. We, we both forgot where she left off because it was so um, random. I was rambly, rambly. Anyways, um, so... Uh, the guitar in my left ear. I think that's where you left off. Excellent. The guitar in my left ear, while the Radley snare plays in the other ear, I really felt like I was in it. Like you said, and it's just, I could just talk about that forever because it is such a nice, warm feeling of just, it's like the music is just a nice little warm blanket and I'm a little hot dog on the couch. I love it. Um, I wanted that. Sorry. I was just going to say like, I feel like this album was likely prior to like, Phil Spector in the wall of sound. So like you're just kind of getting that kind of acoustic atmosphere. And like, I'm thinking about how they made this and they're slicing tape and they're mixing it. And it's just, it's so analog that I can't even wrap my head. Like to me, when they made this album, it was like the stone age. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know the stuff that they had or the technology they had, but to make something that sounds so encapsulating out of that is cool. And I'll give them props for that. Like I wanted to hate that the song was over seven minutes, but I found myself really enjoying the production, even if I didn't like the song, which I do. But even if I hated it, just sitting there and listening to the, the IMAX sound was, was good. <laughs> the IMAX and, sounds of the sixties. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I do give this one a thumbs up for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, when I was mentioning earlier about, like, 
the 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 symbol thing. That was just I think that's more or less me being nitpicky. Like yeah. that didn't ruin any of the score of the song. It was just yeah. it was distracting, but it was very brief when it happened. So I just wanted to mention that, like, because I do I do really like the song. Like I enjoyed it even the first time I was listening through the album. Um, like I love the bass groove on this one. Uh, it's it's not like too heavy, but like you can definitely like kind of bounce with it, flow with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's simple and perfectly fitting. Uh, it matched nicely nicely with the uh, like the soft snare that was kind of going along too. Mm-hmm. Like it was like these half note snares that just I don't know. I keep using the word bouncy, but like that's how I feel. But it's like it's like just that slow kind of thing going on, you know? Like yeah. I don't know. If you find it, yourself moving in the chair, it's bouncy. <laughs> well, actually, I said this is the kind of track that makes it easy to just, like, kind of sit back, close your eyes, and just enjoy the track, like, relax. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, again, if, if you're really into lyric analyzing, which, by the way, we mention this all the time, but, I mean, especially with Bob Dylan being a fucking storyteller, uh, we aren't doing lyric analysts analyzing of uh, Bob Dylan's lyrics. So, sorry, not sorry, I don't know, just... Yeah. This this would it would take forever. It would absolutely take forever. Um, the the electric guitar too, as you mentioned too in the uh, left earphone there, it does like some some like I guess soft solo work or it's just kind of like doing its own licks in the background while like mm-hmm. he's singing and everything like that. Uh, I do think that's a great choice to add. Like it, it was really fun. It, it's very it feels very playful. Yeah, and it complements the vocals like really well throughout the entire verse. So like that was really fun to hear. It, it kind of felt like a back and forth, although it was like happening overlapping. So that's fine. Yeah. Although in my last note, I just want to bring this up real quick too because, again, maybe just getting nitpicky. I don't know, but it has to do with the length of the song as much as I was enjoying the instrumentals. Mm-hmm. Four minutes and forty nine seconds. These lyrics. <clears throat> See the primitive wallflower freeze when the jelly-faced women all sneeze. Hear the one with the mustache say, geez, I can't find my knees. Listen, Bob, if you're running out of clever things to say, don't make a song seven and a half minutes long. (laughs) I dig the instrumental, but you can cut it out now. It's fine. That, like, I actually had to pause the album. Each time I listened to it, I paused the album and started, like, laughing because I'm like, what are these lyrics? You're just finding reasons to rhyme for no reason. Yeah, we're we're gonna see some of that coming up. That's for damn sure. The jelly-faced women are sneezing. What does that even mean? Did they have like giant jowls? Like, is that what we're talking about here? Well, when and you she's say so that, fat that just, she can't find her knees. I don't know. When, when you when you say jelly-faced, all I think is uh, every cartoon depiction of Richard Nixon. Oh yeah, giant jowls. Yeah, That's perfect. Yeah. yeah, but just even like. Oh, geez, I can't find my knees. It's like, is she morbidly obese? Like, what's happening in this imagery that I'm supposed to be seeing in my head? Yeah, yeah, I I definitely, uh, I, I picked up on some lines throughout the whole album and then decided that I was probably going to have a brain aneurysm if I was trying to analyze any of that. So I just sort of, uh, I thought, you know what? This is just just poetry to music. It doesn't have to make sense, I told myself. That saying that, but knowing like he's a storyteller and he wants you to have all this imagery in your head. So, I mean, like, don't just find excuses to rhyme, like make it mean something or just let the instrumentals carry it. I mean, like either or you there's choices. Yes. Please let the instrumentals carry it, carry it all the way home and tuck yeah, it I into bed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm good with that one. I am a hundred percent done. 
Then we move on to song number four. One of us must know, parentheses, sooner or later. A quick little nitpick about this one, too. Again, didn't affect the score. But I like how the song is called One of Us Must Know Sooner or Later. But meanwhile, in the song, he says sooner or later, one of us must know. So he says it in reverse order. I know. At what point (laughs) would you get confused? And they're like, one of us must know. I don't know a song name that he says it right there. But then in reverse order. So it just feels strange. <sighs> I, I, yeah, I definitely thought of that. It's, it hurts. What else did you think of the, <laughs> uh, the opening harmonica reminds me of Alanis Morissette's head over feet. And I was wondering if she gets royalties for that. She gets royalty 30 years later. Okay. <laughs> uh, I like the music. That was good. Um, I think that's it for all the positive things I had to say. Okay. Um, uh, would you like to go first before I uh, I spew my waterfall? Suppose and so. All right. Okay. So I did say that this one felt kind of similar to Vision to Johanna, um, but the piano and organ carry the song a lot in this mm-hmm. one. And I thought they both sounded great. And actually, I, I'm going to say this now. I was going to say this earlier, but I'll say it now. Realistically, the organ is the unsung hero of this album. No matter how buried it is in the mix, there's something about it that you'd always pick up on, and it just feels nice to have it flowing somewhere in the background. Yep. So I just want to throw that in there. That pretty much goes for every song on the album. Yep. I like that. Um, the song, yeah, felt it felt like it was probably going to be a little bland at first, but like there was this grand pickup for the chorus that I thought was like a little more exciting. Like just things kind of, as I said, they picked up a little more. They weren't just as bland as they were previously. It breathes some life back into this album. It is still out in early enough time, so I appreciated that much. So it's like, okay, so you're giving me something a little more rather than just like playing that repetitive card over and over again, although it is still kind of repetitive. Yeah. Um, the song is good at carrying itself all the way to the end, though. So I, I think the energy felt fairly consistent. It didn't like just like distract me or anything too much. It doesn't feel like it overstays its welcome despite the length. I didn't mind this song. It was fine. And now I guess uh, poison will be spewed. Well, no, it's <laughs> not poison. It's just uh, my shitty, shitty opinion. Um, Same thing. So anyway. That, <laughs> that, uh, that sustained vocal note that enters the chorus really was a showcase of what I don't really like about Bob Dylan's voice. Not only sort of the, the typical sort of what you'd think of his voice, um, but it is a sustained note that goes higher up at the end, but as it sustains, it goes on forever. He's like, uh, but like, it's just so it's way longer than it needs to be. And that was just something that as soon as I heard it, I was like, I can't, I can't get over that. I listened to it more than once thinking, you know, cause when you listen to something the first time you're like, I don't know what to expect. Maybe I don't like this, but then after you listen to it a couple of times, you know, it's coming up. It's fine. Uh, it wasn't fine. It was annoying every single time. Um, it's just not my cup of tea, but maybe I can't find beauty and imperfection. Maybe that's a fault of mine. Uh, why is this song so long? She wrote in capital letters. And uh, I don't really hear much of a musical change. And I wrote that three quarters of the way into the song. It all just sort of felt like like I was driving through the desert. No hills, no nothing. Everything's flat. You didn't notice like the pickup for the course? Like it got like a little brighter and everything like that? It, it could have, but it picked up the exact same way every single time. So it was just the same 
thing. Supposing. I don't know. It wasn't, it was just does not, it did not hit me the way that it may have wanted to. Fair enough. And I mean, I feel like that's not the first time we're going to have notes like that in this album. And not even the first time in the next three minutes. And we got like, what, like 10 more songs or something like that to go. Yep. Excellent. Good. And especially with the song length, like that comes up a lot too, mm-hmm. especially in the last track. Although, <laughs> although I will say I got notes about that coming up, so I'll, I'll just yep. wait on that. Yep. So, I mean, I'm good with talking about that. So number five, I want you. I can see this being a Tom Petty song. I can see him at least covering it at the very least. I want you so bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tom Petty does that same kind of swagger every once in a while because I think he he obviously was influenced by Bob Dylan. I mean, that's apparent. But I mean, like, yeah, Petty does the same thing. So I could definitely see that. Yeah. I, after hearing that and kind of thinking, oh, shit, like, kind of sounds like that to me, um, I realize it's just the repetitiveness of singing that way that gets me because when it's once in a while it's like oh that's interesting but all the time it's crazy um i really like the guitar and the piano together i think that's what that is but i think that sounds really nice i like that yeah and speaking to you on like the way he sings and just doing it a lot too just like he has that like way of singing too that it's it almost feels like spoken word a lot Mm-hmm. Like sometimes there's not a real melody in his voice or there's like more of a rhythm than there's a melody. So I don't know. Like that's just his thing, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, um, this one again with the word bouncy, uh, very bouncy, folky start to the, uh, off to this one. It feels like it's going to be a lot of fun. So I was looking forward to it as it kind of got more into it. Um, it felt like the vocals were actually a little more buried in this one. I don't know, like, you can still hear them, but as compared to the other tracks, like, they were definitely a little further back as if he was, like, another, like, maybe a foot back from the microphone or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't really know how the production for this album worked, but I would imagine it was likely something like that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it does allow for, like, these charming instrumentals to sta- stand out. I really enjoy the instrumentals in this track. It was, again, very pleasant, very fun, charming. Um. And this was also the shortest track on the album, too. It's saying a lot considering it's three minutes and six seconds. So, I mean, like, most songs on this album are over four minutes. That uh, was overwhelming to see, for sure. <laughs> it made this. It made it fairly easy to get through. So, I mean, like, yeah. that was good. I'm not saying that I didn't like the track, but, like, obviously, shorter time span. Very easy to get through. Yeah. Uh, I don't dislike it. It's just not the most standout song on the album so far, despite the fact it had its fun moments. I do feel the harmonica kind of took away from the end. It just sort of comes out of nowhere and just sort of right hooks you in the face. And then when you're on the ground, it stomps on you and then goes with the harmonica right in your face. So that wasn't appreciated. Um, But I'm starting to feel like this is kind of like a, a chili pepper situation where I really enjoy the music when it's just the music. So that, uh, that that was my A plus review of this song. Well, I mean, at least you said something nice. Yeah. Usually, yeah, no, if I you do. don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But I mean, <laughs> we have a podcast where we have to say bad things. So I mean, rule exception. I'm like, I don't like this song, and I see it in your eyes. I'm like, I like this song. Yeah. If if we actually had to follow that rule, it would have just been you on the Tom Petty episode. <laughs> 
It would have this just, is true. It would have been you for the vast majority of the Brooks and Dunn episode. Yeah. I did I have actually, some nice things to say about that. Yeah, I actually didn't mind that. I was actually listening to some, just on an aside, listening to some uh, some country music after that. And I'm like, huh, I actually don't mind this at all. Like listening to stuff I used to listen to when I was like a literal child. And uh, yeah, I uh, I thank this podcast for opening my eyes to music that I do and don't like. So yeah, we are. Like we, we discover new music all the time. And like yeah. to those of you who don't know, we started doing um, separate videos on Tuesdays now for uh, we review brand new singles just dropping. So brand new actual music and not just mm-hmm. like old albums like we do here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we've had our eyes open to a lot of different music. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And even finding things I like in things that I don't like. So that's even more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's good. But that's so, all I got for that one. So hopefully you found some gold in this Bob Dylan album somewhere. Yep. Little specks. Little tiny, like little crumbs of gold. I'm rich, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. Number six, stuck inside of Mobile or depending if you're talking about Alabama with the Memphis Blues again. I don't know if it's like, yeah, Mobile or Mobile. He says Mobile in the song. Does he? Yeah. So then it's got to be talk- it's got to be a play on words for Alabama then. Yeah. Because he then he mentions Memphis. So, I mean. That's what I thought in my head. Oh, and by the way, speaking of uh, saying words correctly, it's Requiem, by the way. Uh, going back to your singles review, yep. when you said Requiem or whatever. Re- Re- requiem. 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 Right. Just remember, the, remember the movie Requiem for a Dream. I've heard Requiem. <laughs> Re- requiem Re- I don't know. The way that I hear it is not the way that my mouth works. <laughs> no problem. I just wanted to, I wanted to correct you live on the podcast in front of everybody. No big deal. Ooh, my face <laughs> is going red now. Not as much as mine. God, I'm flushed. And I don't even know why. Anyways, yes. Stuck Inside of Mobile with the Memphis Blues again. Uh, this song starts as like pretty plain fair to me. Like nothing really kind of comes out about it. Mm-hmm. That is until you notice the soft um, electric guitar behind Dylan's voice again. As I mentioned earlier, just a very playful kind of electric guitar. Just kind of doing its own thing in the background. It immediately perked me up. So... At the very least, it had me somewhat excited for this song. Yeah. Okay. So I have some positives. So everybody, hey. grab your grab your pants. Um, I like the noodling the guitar is doing. It mm-hmm. reminds me of the Beach Boys for some reason. I just, it was very kind of, I don't want to say surfy, but it was just kind of beachy. I don't really know how to describe that sound, but I feel like this was another it. Robbie Robertson moment, but I couldn't yeah. find the exact credits, so I I don't know. Okay. He did like a few songs and I think this this had to be one of them. Yeah, I like that. That was nice. Um it's bouncy and as of writing that, uh I hoped there was no harmonica. Do not remember if there was any that came in later. Um Probably. So so I I this is what I wrote. I wrote this was obviously recorded on tape and the vocals sort of show that they don't sound polished at all. And despite what I might, what I may think of Bob Dylan's voice, the roughness is sort of enjoyable where it's just, it's yeah, it just doesn't sound shiny. It sounds kind of rough. And I feel like it kind of like needed that in the song. Um, It's still far longer than it needed to be. Yeah, probably. (laughs) There's a number of times you can say that on this album. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, because I, I even wrote, I wrote a note to uh, specifically about that electric guitar. I, I said I didn't know who did it on mm-hmm. this specific track, but 
considering how I've read notes about Robbie Robinson and other tracks he's played on this album, I think that's him again. Okay. So, you know, a little Canadian influence in there somewhere. Nice. Um, the structure of the song got a little tiresome by the third verse, which again, there are multiple verses in every song in this one. Like, I think most of the albums we cover, there's either some sort of weird, like, progressive structure or there's like A, B, A, B, C, C, B, A type thing. Yeah. This is just like A, B, 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 A, B. And then the song ends. going. I'm just going to put that on a loop and like put it for the next 20 minutes on the podcast. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. But that's literally what Bob Dylan's songs are on this album. It got a little tiresome and I wasn't even halfway through the song. So that was the third verse, not even halfway through the song yet. Um, like I get Bob as a storyteller. I, I don't know if I should call him Bob or Dylan or what. I'm just trying to use one name, whatever. He's a storyteller and it's fine. I mean, I get it. Okay. I, I have to interject here. Okay. Uh, I just have two more notes for this and they, they, they marry into what you just said. <laughs> uh, I know these are more or less based on storytelling, but like, how do I have three more minutes of this? And if I wasn't looking at the time, I bet I wouldn't be able to tell what part of the song I'm listening to. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> the, the last part of the note I was just saying there is, I get your storyteller and that's fine, but how much can you say in a song before it feels like you're just finding a reason to speak? Yep. Yeah, because I, could, I agree. Let's go back to Visions of Johanna for a minute with the fucking jelly-faced women sneezing in their fucking knees and whatever. Like, You don't need to write this much if you don't have to. Don't feel like you have to either. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like he had it in his head at this point that he was known for that, so that's why he wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Just because you can doesn't mean you have to. But we'll go on to song number seven, Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat. What a weird name. Uh, The blues have returned again, but I think a little more upbeat this time. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where I'll mention, like, not not mentioning the lyrics, but talking about them, I guess. I feel like I'm not doing this song or anything on this album justice because I'm not analyzing the lyrics. Yeah. Because the song's probably better if you just, like, follow the lyrics oh fun story haha or something like that because i think this song makes fun of materialism or something along the lines of that yeah um because other than that this song doesn't really feel like more than just a set of 12 bar blues i mean like this song just was wasn't much for me um i have a couple of brief and when i say brief i mean brief notes oh yeah i'm finished my notes too so go ahead Um, Uh, I liked the guitar solo. That's something new. I liked how squealy and real it sounded. Like it was literally like you could look over to your left and watch someone just rip their guitar solo. Yeah. I like, I enjoyed that. This song sounds just like the previous six. Um, I wish I had more to say, but it is just another bluesy song with poetic lyrics that are getting to be moderately annoying. I I would disagree saying that they sound like the previous six. Mm, Well, just the the structure the couple, of maybe. just like uh, I don't know I just at this point I was like so we're just gonna listen to harmonica and just verses and chorus it's just it's it was not nothing impressive to me I get that part of it because yeah like a few songs before that did sound like that and yeah. kind of ran flat after a while and that does happen throughout the album too like we're yeah. not even done yet but uh yeah not all six songs that's just my own opinion yeah uh, but yeah, that's Leopard Skin Pill Box. I have to keep looking at the title because I, I keep it's like a tongue twister for me. <laughs> leopard Skin Pill Box Hat. Leopard Pill Hat Skin. What? 
Yeah. You left your garage door open and he's fucking you, but he doesn't <laughs> like you. He likes your pillbox hat. That's literally in the lyrics anyway. <laughs> well, n- not that exact I, lining wording, <laughs> but it's there. It's there. I, I was going to say, I don't think I listened to any lyrics other than him just repeating the title. He's like, I saw you making love to him. You forgot to close the garage door. But he, I know what he really wants you for. It's that leopard skin pillbox hat. Bob Dylan. Anyway, song eight. <laughs> As her camera goes black. Yep. Yeah. Chris is left on his own. Savannah leaves the Zoom call. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just like a woman. I, I, that I, was, I don't think it was, that was a poke on you. That was just go, introducing the next song. <laughs> I feel like I've heard this song. I don't know why, but it, it is a sound, single. So, yes, it sounds like like a, a 80s, 80s uh, movie soundtrack song. Um, Quite a few bands have covered this. I know that much. I can't Ooh, I don't maybe. have them listed, but there's quite a few bands who have that has covered this song. Ooh, OK, maybe then, because it definitely feels sounds like that. To me. Have to look into that a little later. Yeah, yeah. So this song kind of introduces like the triplet feel or yeah. Cause this one was still four, four, but like had the one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, mm-hmm. three, like had that kind of feel going on with it. So if it's well with like a ballady kind of song like this one. Yeah. Um, Again, a note with the uh, the organ. I feel like this is another song where the organ kind of drives the song despite being really buried in the mix. Cause there's just something about it in the background that just, it's, it's kind of like the, the song is just being traced across a line and like, that that line is the organ just keeping everything like a smooth ride to the end. So yeah, again, the unsung hero. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and sing your praises. <laughs> yep, I I definitely agree with that. Um, this one was a little or a little nicer. It sounds more melodic and has less accents and flourishes on the vocals, which at this point I don't want to hear any more of. Uh, so that was cool. Um, it does feel like a school dance. Like it feels very like. I don't know. Like you said, kind of waltzy, kind of slow. It was, it was yeah. nice. I kind of pictured myself there. That was cool. Um, oh, what do we got? I like the acoustic accenting the chorus and connecting the chorus back to the verse, where it was just sort of little bit of little ditty, little riff or whatnot. Um, you can tell that I am not a musician because most of the words I say are not descriptive enough or make no sense. So just fill in the blanks, please. I think we can at least get the idea of what you're saying, though. So, I mean, like that's the important part. Excellent. Um, you're not I, just saying things like it really got like wazoo in in this part of the song where I heard the, the tlingalings and it was like <laughs> e. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God, Doctor Seuss! I, <laughs> what what did you drink before we started? Um, I I do appreciate the harmonica here, and this might be one of the few times I actually say it. It's not just full lungs pushing out one note; it's actually playing like a solo that I feel fits. It isn't just slapped in there just because you ran out of lyrics. So I like that. Um, I do think that they rented the studio had some extra time because this song isn't giving me any more than it offered me at the beginning of the song. And I don't think it should have been about five minutes, maybe. But like extra time. And this was a single. (laughs) Yeah. Like even four minutes would have been good, but it's just something just like a woman, you something just like back and forth. And it's like, at what point are we done here? (laughs) Like, you break like a little girl. That's that is Tom Petty right there. 
Oh yeah, just the end of that. Oh, but I'll, even going back for a minute to the Bob Dylan lyric, I can't remember something about being so bad or something. But then Tom Petty is like, "You're so bad." Yep. Bob Dylan's right there. I'm telling you. Yeah. Um. So I do like how in this song, like there was kind of like a there was a bit of a change up in the middle, with the chord progression and everything like that. So and that we it's something we hadn't really seen so far in most of the tracks prior to this. So I mean that was refreshing. That was nice. Made the song a little more tolerable. Overall, it's not a bad track. Like it's it's really not. I appreciated the different structure and the progression of the track, especially being in that triplet feel. So I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it got decent marks. Not the best or worst on my list looking down on it, but I mean, it's, it's I think it's scored fairly. Likewise. And considering that apparently there was like a controversy with this song uh, because there were some people who felt the lyrics were sexist. Oh. But, but then there was like other things that came out about it that it's like, no, it's more or less directed at like one person rather than like an entire gender. Oh. Uh, so I, I don't know. There's more to read in on that. Again, not doing lyrical breakdowns here, so I'm not going to bother. Uh, mm-hmm. Do your own research and come to your own conclusions. I felt it wasn't sexist after what I had read and kind of researched myself. So yeah. just going to put that out there because even the title, just like a woman might raise particular certain eyebrows. Not everyone, but, you know, maybe somebody. Yeah, I guess it depends on, yeah, like the lyrical content because it could be like. How you know, far you're... left are you? We're going to find out real quick. <laughs> Hey, hey, I I am apathetic in all public forums, so I I plead the fifth. I guess. Yeah, during during elections, I, I I draw my own box and put Cthulhu. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's all I do. <laughs> Just elect him and end everything. We're good. That's how pessimistic I am. I, I I draw Pennywise coming out of the box. That's it. You um, want penis enlargement bills? Sorry, that's what that reminded me of because it was like a TikTok with that. <laughs> all right i think we're good to move on yeah yeah might as well we're good okay song number nine most likely you go your own way parentheses and i'll go mine which i could have sworn again speaking of robbie robertson i thought i've heard the band cover this before oh yeah i i couldn't find anything about it though i know other bands have covered this but just i couldn't find the band covering mm-hmm. it so just a little mix up in my head doesn't have anything to do with the score, though. <laughs> um, I don't have much, like, negative things to say about this, like, surprisingly. Um, I like the upbeat feeling from the start. And the music sort of sounds like the rest of the album up till now. Uh, it's just very difficult for me to sort of, I guess, take apart some of this stuff because as it's presented to me i'm like oh another one oh another one yeah. oh and, and i'm like okay you can only feed me saltine crackers so much before my mouth gets really really dry um it feels like the music is just a vehicle for the lyrics and as someone who doesn't listen to bob dylan like that might be the case it might just sort of be an accompaniment to him as a storyteller, poet, etc. That's what I feel. Yeah, I feel the same way because like because of how much he's saying and what he's saying, I feel like yeah. the instrumentals aren't supposed to stand out the, like in any particular way. Yeah, and like that's kind of, I guess, difficult for me because that's what I look for. But like that's just my personal preference. Um, I, I don't know if I compared this properly, but the guitar tone reminds me of the Beatles. Just certain parts of it 
just really get me there. And I like that. It's not the song. Okay. There's actually a note about that coming up in a oh, different yeah? song, but I, we will get there when we get there. Ooh, right track. And just one more line. Uh, did I hear horns at the end? Likely. I mean, like they are in the I like album. That. I like that. Oh, look, Savannah likes horns. Anytime, anytime Sorry. I hear that and I don't even listen to ska, but uh, no, I, I hear the horns. I'm like, something new. This is nice. I like this. So yeah, that, that got my attention. I like that. As long as there's horns, you'll notice. Yeah. Yeah. I like um, it. Yeah. I didn't have a whole lot to say about the song either. Um, I, I do really like those kind of like trilling drum rolls that happen throughout the track. I think those sound really cool. Um, it's a fun little way to make things feel different. So mm-hmm. points for that. Um, again, with the word bouncy, bouncy carnival like feel to the instrumentals. And it's like good at keeping the track really lively. Um, yeah. Again, enjoyed this one. Not awful. Uh, but yeah, it's still kind of rung the same as the rest of the album. And again, this is going to come down to that idea we were just talking about where a lot of it likely comes down to Bob himself singing in his lyrics versus the instrumentals because this is he's not the kind of artist who would like sing a couple verses and then have a, like a 5-minute jam session. He's not that yeah. kind of musician. So we're like we're looking in the wrong place here, but unfortunately, again as we said at the beginning, we are just taking the music as we hear it now rather than yeah. the impact it had prior. So you know, I feel bad for not having more to say, but I mean, at the same time, again, lyrical breakdowns are just, they can get difficult, especially when you have a storybook of lyrics in one album. He just doesn't know how to stop writing sometimes. Or or just lines that are so far into analogies and stuff like that, that you can't even get into their head of what they were thinking when they wrote it. So you're taking it as, at face value, reading these lyrics going, what the fuck does this mean but meanwhile it makes sense to him because he had this image in his head while he was writing it then what the fuck are jelly women with their sneezing knees or whatever i maybe they had vaseline on their face i have no idea or maybe they had tentacles maybe the cthulhu is coming i don't know maybe i was right the whole time <laughs> maybe it was the drugs yeah. that too <laughs> the wine the drugs the everything yeah yeah uh, so, yeah, I guess that's good for that track then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do, again, I, I feel bad for not having enough to say because, like, it's, again, not one of the top tier tracks on the album for me, but it was still good enough that, like, I feel like I should have said something else. But whatever, we're going on now. So Moving number on. 10, we're getting close to the end now. <laughs> Temporary Like Achilles. So I'm just going to piggyback on your apology and give my own apology. I don't have much to say about this one. Um... <laughs> I I zoned out. Uh, I had to listen to it about four times because at a certain point, it's just it's sort of background sort of music, which maybe that's good. Maybe it's, you know, coffee house music at a certain point. Yeah. Um, but just kind of touching back to points already made and what I brought up at the beginning, um, I can sort of see how he has influenced artists of like at the time or of the time. Um, But it just doesn't resonate with me as much as it would somebody 55, 56 years ago when this was released. So it just sort of, it kind of just glossed over me. It didn't really, nothing sunk in too much. Um, But I will always, always loathe loud sustained harmonica. Fuck off. Like that nine second note I mentioned earlier. (laughs) Please, 
stop. I, I do understand that he plays harmonica. It's probably going to, you know, be in songs coming up, albums in the past. Um, it is not my jam at all. Welp. It's going to be there. Trust me. Spoiler alert through his whole career. Yeah. He has the acoustic. He has that little harmonica like setup thing on his face. So he can just like mm-hmm. lean forward and blow into it. Which is what he does. He just, <gasps> and that's it. That's, that's the thing about harmonicas. You just suck and blow. That's all you do. That's literally how you play. <laughs> uh, windows. But anyways, Perfect. temporarily like Achilles, as now for my notes, again, I don't have a lot either, to be absolutely honest. Yeah. Um, this one's like another slow dance type track. Uh, the triplet feel. Uh, it's another triplet feel to the song uh, album. So, I mean, again, trying this again. I think it sounds interesting enough. So that's fine. But it doesn't feel as good as just like a woman did. Uh-huh. Uh, where like, it, I don't know, there was something a little more lively to it, whereas this one's kind of like really kind of like desaturated a little bit, I guess yeah. is the best way to describe it. Um, so there's a harmonica solo on this one, not talking about like sustaining notes in this, but I yeah. will say this was definitely one of his weaker harmonica solos on the entire album. Uh-huh. It Like more often than not, it fell out of place. Like it felt out of tune a lot too. Like it just like he was going ballistic without hearing the music in his own headphones, you know, <laughs> like yeah. uh, it, it kind of takes away from the emotional feeling that the song's supposed to make you feel. Yeah. So I don't know if, if anything, it was just kind of a nuisance to have. Uh, like they recorded multiple takes and this is the one they took. So I mean like, okay, I mean, I wonder what the other solos sounded like. Oh Lord. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. If this was your best one, I mean, ish. Yeah. But maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just, I'm, I'm not a harmonica purist. So maybe I'm just missing out on something here. <laughs> maybe yeah. that was his way of getting jazzy with a harmonica. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I got nothing. I have no enlightening, enlightening, enlightening. I, I, I am just, I am drunk on sadness from this album already. I can't even speak mushmouth. Well, I mean, that's fine if you're running out of words to say. I mean, recall yeah. last week when I ran out of things to say and talked about hedgehog facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I... Moment I of the go, year. <laughs> I, I didn't go that wild. I I mean, I think in the next couple of songs, I do kind of go off the rails slightly. I'm ready for it. And actually, I have, there are some notes I'll have about kind of not really going off the rails, actually, but it, mentioning about the Beatles earlier, uh, next song. Uh, actually, wait, no, sorry. That'll be song 12. Song 11 we have to get him to first. Absolutely sweet Marie. So just scratch everything I said. We'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, this sounds like folky surf rock. So this was a little different for me. Like, I can hear the surf rock in it, like the Beach Boys type thing. But, I mean, yeah. it's obviously done, like, kind of country style. So, I mean, much of a difference there. So it was interesting to listen to. But I realized two minutes into this track, I realized nothing had really stood out for me so far. And it runs fairly flat, so I looked at the time. And I was like, "Please do something!" Mm-hmm. I, like I'll throw like I'll throw a five dollar bill at the screen. Do something. Do something. <laughs> Just like anything, yeah. please. Yeah. Um, nothing to really note specifically in this track. Um, the playful electric guitar. There is that in this song, but the problem is, it doesn't sound as inspired as like the previous times. It's kind of popped up in tracks. Mm-hmm. It just felt like it kind of ran out of ideas to do and to be fun and everything like that. And it was just kind of there because it was being paid to be there. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, this essentially just felt like waiting half a song to get to a harmonica solo. 
other than that, I don't have much else to say about it. Um, so I did notice and enjoy how upbeat this was pretty much from the get go. Um, the, the thoughts in my head or sort of the comparisons were kind of like the birds or, um, the turtles or sort of those jangly pop bands of the time. So like, kind of like the beach boys, sort of that upbeat sort of sound, I guess. Um, I think I would have preferred music like that with more polished vocals it may have just been exposure that I just prefer that, but having such the rough sort of spoken vocals or over, over something that sounds so nice is kind of a strange juxtaposition to me. Um, and I do really wish there was something interesting going on in these songs that isn't just harmonica because even Weird Al doesn't play accordion on every song. So maybe it is earlier stuff, but yeah, later on, he kind of took a break. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I, well, I mean, I guess it was just him and the accordion for the most part, but I can see somebody playing a drum set guitar and harmonica on a street corner in a large metropolitan city and singing the song, just a one man band. Oh, the guy with like the whole like setup going on. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Where you stomp and it's got the bass drum in behind. Yeah. Oh boy, what a trip that would be! Yeah, I can see <laughs> that. With this Shout song. out to everyone who can do that. That 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 takes talent to oh play God. that many at once. Oh hell yeah, that's oh that's a lot. Now, if Bob Dylan did that for this album, then I, I think that I would rate it a little differently, just for out of respect. <laughs> so you're just walking through the studio doing it all, and everyone else is just sitting at the wall like you would in gym class, just sort of sitting there watching him do his thing. I just like the idea that the microphone's still like just in the center of the room though. So as he's walking around, you can kind of hear like panning through your, your headphones and like he's kind of disappears, comes back and just just running circles in your head. You get dizzy listening to the music. I like that. Uh, send him a request. Someone do 360 audio and just make me dizzy, please. <laughs> but that's literally all that I had for this one. It, it didn't stick out to me. It was yeah. just sort of a a song to get me to the end of the album which we're getting close to yeah so song number 12 the fourth or just fourth time around uh so this song again felt a little more different to me because instead of doing triplets this time it's in three four times so it's like a great waltz type feeling uh -huh. um i had to look this up because because this is where the beatles note kind of comes in uh, it really sounded familiar to me. Like the song felt familiar. And then I realized, you know what? This kind of reminds me of Norwegian Wood a little bit. Yeah. Uh, by the Beatles. And sure enough, it's purposely like that. Oh. So it's kind of like nailed on. Apparently it was a little playful back and forth between like John Lennon and Bob Dylan. Because John Lennon wrote, uh, I could be wrong. Someone correct me. He wrote Norwegian Wood kind of like in the style of Bob Dylan because he was a fan and something like that. So it was kind of like a homage. And then Dylan did likewise, although some people interpreted it as Dylan saying, don't copy my style. But apparently it was, again, just a playful little nod like, hey, I see you huh. did my thing there. That's cool. Interesting. I didn't know that. So uh, there's just a little fun fact, I guess. But yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, because I, I, my Bob Dylan history is not uh, expansive. Let's just say that much. <laughs> um. There's a guitar playing like a higher melody throughout the track too. And I actually really, really like that. Mm -hmm. I, I just wish I knew exactly which musician played it. Cause this time it likely wasn't Robbie Robertson. 
Yeah. But whoever was playing it was doing a really good job. I liked the way it sounded. I liked the melody and everything like that. So just shout out to that. That was a lot of fun to listen to. Um, the the track though did end up feeling like a little flat throughout its progression because again it just kind of like kept going on the same thing. Yeah. But there was something a little more entertaining about it all like overall, and it might have to do with the three four feel. So the composition is going to be a little different. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I do. I did enjoy this track. Um. It was it was fun, but it did fall a little flat. Um. So as I have shown, um, I can just pick out sounds of something new and I'm like, is that horns? Is that a triangle? Well, this one, is that a ukulele? Because I don't know if it was, but whatever it was down for it. I think I know what you're talking about. It's either a uke, a mandolin or an acoustic. But the thing is, I I never saw any of that in the credit. Like I looked at the credits of the album. I didn't see anything about uh, ukuleles or mandolins. So it might've just been a guitar, like an acoustic. Well, whatever. I don't know. Maybe nylon strings, but it sounded, I liked it. The introduction of like new instruments or new sounds, it does add a bit of interest because it's kind of like, oh shit, like I haven't heard this yet. This is nice. Yeah. At a certain point, I'm just fucking begging for a kazoo. I'm like, just give me something different, please. Um, but I do find it difficult to really review these songs because to me, they're they are stories told over music with just harmonica interludes. More so or it's less. kind of like that's that's really all it feels like to me. And um, I do have a question for you, Chris. Uh, is this how you felt about Tom Petty? <laughs> because I'm listening to this going, I can I I can see somebody being mad at me. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll try to answer honestly here. Um, it, it's hard to say because we clearly I see this album differently than you saw than you see it, and I saw Tom Petty's "Damn the Torpedoes" differently. Yeah, uh, that's episode six. To anyone who cares. Uh, I saw that differently than you saw it. And you really liked that album. Not really liked it, but you liked yeah. it. I wasn't too fond of it. Uh, so maybe, but it's it's hard for me to compare them because, again, I liked one and disliked the other. So Yeah. But I can imagine that, yeah, if it's frustrating you this much that you have to point it out, then probably. <laughs> well, I thought about it. And I was like, huh, I wonder. <laughs> I, I, I made my displeasure known pretty early on. So it was that obvious. So, I mean, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. People have to do a psychological breakdown of each episode. It's like, this is why they compare to this, blah, 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 whatever. (laughs) And and then then everyone's going to start making bets for our future episodes based on our past choices and behaviors conversation. That'll happen eventually because we'll have covered so many like genres and styles where it's like people can get an idea. It's like, oh, they'll probably like this because it has this in it. Yeah. Like it's it'll be interesting if someone like nails it dead on too. Oh, yeah. Or, or or pinpoints, oh, here, this one's for Chris, and I think he's going to rate it a blank percent, and then you do, and it's like, all right, we got to send you something, get, yeah. send you a t-shirt. People <laughs> request an album that they know I'm going to hate, and then they get it within like a 3% differential. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I got for that one, though. That's All righty, then. Then we'll move so. on to Unlucky 13. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Five Believers. Uh, so this is another um, dive into the blues rock. Um, that I think that's what differentiates this album is like you'll have your sections of blues rock and then you'll have just like straight up folk music. Yeah, those are the two biggest factors of the album. Um, but this one's definitely more upbeat and fun than the other ones, so I can mm-hmm. give it that much. Um, this sounds like the kind of song that's played in a bar that has like a cage surrounding the stage, so that way there's no <laughs> beer bottles whipped at it. That's yeah. I, got, I immediately got those vibes from this song. <laughs> 
I I did not, but the imagery is amazing. Thank you. I just like imagining Bob Dylan on a small little like dive bar stage in the middle of Duluth, Minnesota. And just people whipping beer bottles, but they're hitting the cage and he just oh keeps my, playing. Oh my God. I will say though, uh, Robbie Robinson's definitely in this track and his guitar playing is great. I think I might, I don't know if I've mentioned this in the podcast or it was off camera, but like this is uh, definitely one of those. Uh, this was a time where his guitar was way too sharp and loud in my left headphone. Oh, yeah. Like the mix felt off. I don't know if it was his fault or the person mixing it because I don't know how much of a choice they had in it. Yeah. But I mean, like, oh my God, it got really distracting. It, it, again, might not be his fault, but I don't know. It just, it bothered me a lot. It sounds good. Like his playing is good. Just the tone was getting to me. I don't think I either noticed or it was something different enough that I was able to gloss right over it. Um, so I I tend to write my notes if it's not clear now. I tend to write my notes as I'm listening to the song. So some things at the beginning of the song, they may not be the same as how I feel when the song is has so ended. You never, you never go back and like correct a note or something like that? No, I think it's way more funny to see the progression of my emotions through the song. First note, fuck this. Last note, play it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So first line, just after the preface, um, okay, it has my attention from the beginning, but I have been fooled before. Yes. So that's that's how I came into it. I have trust um, issues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, extra points for not having the harmonica in my face this time. It sounded like it was being played behind me, and I liked that. That was nice. Um, the guitar and harmonica together, that riff is nice, and it felt danceable to me. It felt very... Like I wanted to move listening to it. I didn't have my forehead on the table. So that was <laughs> thumbs up for that one. Improvement. Um, yeah. And apparently that's just my only criteria for greatness. Um, I do have one gripe with this song. Why the fuck did it end that way? It sounded like my parents came into my room and went, nope, and turned down the song. I enjoyed this song. And then when it just disappeared, I'm like, the fuck is that? I hated that. It could have been done I, slower. I do have a note about that. And actually, it, yeah. it, it's not just the song, not just this album. It literally encompasses like the era of music that did this. But I'll yeah. get to that in a second. Because I do want to say, like, I know that you mentioned like the harmonica kind of gets on your nerves after a while. Yeah. I will say the, the harmonica in this song was much more subdued. Oh, yeah. Because um, I think there was actually, so, I don't know if Bob was playing the harmonica for most of the songs. I, you would assume he would because that's mm -hmm. what he did. This one I know was being played by someone else. Mm. So they were probably further back in the room or something. And also it wasn't going like insane. Like it was just yeah. matching the, like the, the rhythm and everything like that. I liked it. It just felt strange though, considering that like the microphone was like in front of the micro. I mean, the harmonica was in front of the microphone for like the entire album. So like this, I was like, oh, that's weird that it's suddenly like back of the line, pal. I was like, thank you. <laughs> for thank once, you so thank you very much. much. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so the abrupt fade at the end. Um, the, the abrupt fade out uh, endings just make the song feel like a preview or something. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of songs ended that way back then, especially in that era of music again, especially like, I, I don't think like, I mean, there are proper endings on this song, but like most songs back then just literally would fade out either quick or slow. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, like, it, it can't be too hard to write, like, a brief ending to any track. Like, I don't know, there's just too many fades. This one in particular was extremely noticeable. Oh, my God. And it's just like, why, though? I mean, 
it wasn't my favorite song in the album, but at the same time, I wasn't thinking, I wasn't begging for it to end. So, yeah, I mean, like, the yeah, fact yeah. that it was just like, yeah, as you said, like, someone comes in the room, turns down the knob, it's just like, hey, can you yeah. not, you're maybe? Like, you're like, I was listening to that. What the hell? Listen, jerk ass. Yeah. Oh, th- yeah, I hated that. Ugh. It didn't affect the score, but it, it, again, yeah. one of those nitpicky things is just like, why did you do this? Yep. Weird yep. production choices. Alrighty then, so we get into the final song. The 11 minute song. Wow. Uh, although it's 11 minutes, but I I'll, I have something to praise for it though. Uh, Sad-Eyed Lady of the Lowlands. <clears throat> you go ahead, I need to yep. find water or something. Um, okay. Shit. <laughs> oh no. My, th- um, my throat's dry. Uh, I still like the organ in the background. Just, I... I liked it the whole time. I'm very glad that you had pointed it out. It's, I just double thumbs up for that. Um, (laughs) My first line says, what do I say? Yep, this sure sounds like the sounds. (laughs) Yay. Um, What a description. (laughs) uh, Did this need to be over 10 minutes? Like, like, did it actually? Um, Okay, so... Here, here is something, I, I don't know if I'm describing this properly, so let me know if you kind of you're getting the, the gist of what I mean. Um, it feels like the vocals slow down the music. Like, the music is going at a moderately brisk pace, but the vocals make it seem slower than it is. Because when he's speaking, it kind of feels like I'm following the vocals more than the music, so it feels mm-hmm. like sort of the, the music's going too fast for the vocals, but it just... I don't know. I I noticed that in this song and it just wasn't. I know bad. what you mean, but that yeah. kind of thing never has never bothered me. Like throughout oh, yeah. any band, any genre, whatever, like that part never. Yeah. It, it always freaks me out more if someone's singing faster on a slow beat, like especially if it's like noticeably fast. But like something like this, I yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, I noticed it and it just wasn't really my thing. Um, and then in a straight caps lock, uh, oh, look, more harmonica. Can't forget about that. And that that was my review. Scene. <laughs> and, yep. Um, I have a few notes about this one because it's 11 minutes. So, like, I, it's, things just kept coming up what I should say. Yeah. Um, first off, I felt this was a really good choice to end the album on. Uh, it's like another one of those calmer three, four, three, four time signature kind of tunes, like the waltzy thing. Uh-huh. So it felt nice to end out this way. It wasn't just something like too overly like party type or whatever. Kind of like the Brooks and Dunn thing where I said like, oh, sometimes they want to let you go home on like this good partying mood. But like, that's not this kind of album. So yeah, this worked, this fit. Um, I like the, the waving, the wavy feeling of occasional rise and fall of the instrumentals throughout the entire track. Like the verses were a little quieter. Then they would like swell up a little more during the choruses, kind of come back down and kind of just keep doing that through the song. Mm-hmm. That felt nice. It did a good job of doing, telling an emotional story that way. Um, I could have said this a long time ago, but I'll say it now. When Bob Dylan wrote his lyrics for this song, especially this song, considering how long it is, did he fill like three pages of like a notebook with just this song? Probably. Just like he had to keep flipping because there's just words. It's like reading a Bible or something like that. It doesn't stop. Oh my God. Yep. He certainly is a man with a lot to say. <laughs> um, this Yeah. And as you mentioned with the organ too, this is another track where the organ lies so low in the mix, but it sits really well it makes the song flow very smoothly very nicely mm-hmm. so one more time for the organ unsung hero there you go you get your little uh, clap there <laughs> yes golf clap nice um 
I like the emphasis on the kick and the snare during the swelling in the chorus. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, it picks up a little more and it kind of makes it feel a little more fun that way. And then it kind of dies back down again with the rest of the music. So I don't know. It was done really well in that matter. I like that. And my final note, this might be a very long track. And I can see you wanting to take marks off of it for that. But I will say shout out to Bob for singing nearly the entire time. Like no long instrumental breaks except for like the last minute or two at the end there with the harmonica. Mm-hmm. Like there's no long instrumental breaks between verses and courses. Like someone give this man a hot tea and a fisherman's friend because oh, I mean God. that's a long time to go consecutive. <laughs> and I, I know like, you know, you can sing an hour and a half live at a concert or something like that. But in one song to almost yeah. have like no pauses for nine minutes yeah. of the 11 minutes, that's that's impressive. Do you think so he was wearing I think he's wearing one of those beer can hats just with water bottles just to lubricate his throat as he's going. I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, like in the in the brief moments he had, like there were there weren't really a lot of like quiet moments for him. So like it would have to be quick. Yeah. Dang. So I I I kind of gave points for that because like I appreciated that just like he had like the endurance to keep going. And the thing is, like, again, these are the kind of albums that were recorded where it wasn't like the drums recorded, then the guitars did, the bass did, then the vocals did. No, no, like it was like a band thing all in one room. So yeah. he can't do parts separately. He had to sing that entire thing in like multiple takes. Yeah. So I I gave him points. I actually gave the song points just for that. <laughs> like, yeah. although I did like the song though. I really did. It was a really pretty little number. And I think he even wrote about his wife, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. Uh, so that's why it kind of sounds the way it does. It sounds like a little... uh like like a slow dance number it sounds kind of pretty yeah so makes well, sense I, I can respect that for sure I, Although, I don't have to I like mean, it but i can respect it to love your wife so much that you write her an 11 minute song like listen i love my girlfriend and all but I, she she gets like a four minute song max yeah i don't even i don't even get mine a birthday card so yeah. you don't even get him get in the singing birthday card just so that way like when it opens up and plays that really weird like broken music like or, or the one where you record your own voice and all you get is, happy birthday. Or happy birthday from the gravelly-voiced cashier. <laughs> or just open the cord, fuck up. <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> I'm going to put this on the shelf now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that means she loves me. I feel good about it. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Well then, that's the end of the album Blonde on Blonde. This was actually yeah. like time-wise was a long album. It was over an hour for sure. I can't remember yeah. how long it was, but it was long. Yeah. But we are here now it at was. the end of the album. Uh, so if you've made it this far through our uh, little discussion or oh. little discussion about this album, you must like what we're doing, must be interested in some way, shape, or form. So again, hit that like button, subscribe, comment, follow, rate. Just let us know what you think about this album, all the songs on it, and you can let us know even more because we got the song rankings and of course the album rating coming up briefly not briefly but shortly there you go i know how to speak (laughs) uh look at me trying to be smart with my uh encyclopedic knowledge of words smart with the words and the stuff and the mouth and the yeah 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 yeah. that's that's my brain on a consistent basis (laughs) that's the thing about being the host of this like main host of this podcast because like obviously I, i drive a lot of like a lot of the uh segments and stuff uh 
is finding the right things to say without being too repetitive. And like, yeah. I don't feel like I have a giant thesaurus or whatever in my head. So yeah. I don't even know if that's the right word to use. <laughs> uh, if, if you go back uh, the previous 19 episodes, there are many times where the look on my face is, do I even know English? What do I say? What What was I saying? So you know what? I feel you. I feel you. I'm right like, there. Savannah, what do you think about this track? You're just like, ah. Uh. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It was okay. That's where my brain's just gone. So I, I, I gone. guess you like this track or kind of liked it. Yup. <laughs> uh huh. Sure. No, the, right. the yup and it was okay are your things now. Like, that's the staple <laughs> Savannah for every episode. <laughs> ah, crap. Okay. Ah, so, crap. so, what was that? Oh, no, 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 nothing, nothing, nothing. Good. I get to cut you off, just like I like doing. Anyways, time for the song rankings, because, I mean, yes. that's the next part, portion of the podcast, obviously. So, boom, above our heads, graphics have changed. That means we can put these songs in some weird particular order that you may or may not like. I am guessing two or three matches. I'm going to be honest. Actually, I thought about this exact thing while I was uh, typing out my reviews. It is a, it's a cloud to me. I don't know... Yeah. Where we're going to sit on this one. Because, long story short, the way you originally... Desc- when we first got this album, and like, off of the shuffle, you you didn't sound very enthused. I gave myself a concussion by slamming my head on the table. And through yes. the weeks before we finally got to it, yeah. you still didn't sound enthused. So I, multiple concussions. I was like, okay, so I'm probably going to like this album more than you, which we'll find out that soon enough. Yes. Uh, but, because of that, I... I I can't even fathom to think if we can get one or none. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to be optimistic, um, although I do kind of feel the same way where I, with this, I'm not too sure what little nuances you enjoyed more than I did. You know, even just giving the the rating or not the rating, the, the review. It's like, I, I don't even know where we stand, but you know what? Two or three, I... Fingers crossed we need to increase that uh, that overall score. So I'm hoping. Brooks and, Brooks and Dunn actually brought us up to the 14% overall Ooh. lifetime match for the first time ever. Nice, which nice. shocking enough. Hell um, yeah. But yeah, usually other albums I can get a good idea, but this one just wasn't there for me. All right, well, let's <clears> see. Alrighty then. So song number 14 for me, Leopard Skin Print, Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat. One of us must know. One of us. What if God was one? Oh, that's the wrong album. <laughs> I, I used to have that album as a Joan kid. Joan Osborne? Yeah, someone, yeah, yeah. Someone actually owned that album? <laughs> yeah. Um, my dad used to get like uh, Penny Columbia, CDs from Columbia House Columbia all House. the time. All my the dad time. Too, yeah. And uh, so I got that album. And uh, my dad listens to, you know, he'll pick an artist and listen to their back catalog. So he likes her. I listened to that one song and thought, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that was it. Uh, but now it's just a running joke these days. If yeah. anyone actually remembers that song. <laughs> All right, so number 13, Absolutely Sweet Marie. Sad-eyed Lady of the Lowlands. Sad-eyed. All right, number 12, Temporary Like Achilles. Stuck inside a mobile with the Memphis Blues again. God damn. Yeah. When I when when these songs appear on the screen, they might be short form depending on how much room I have to work with, so we will see. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just put the dot 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 or something like yeah. that. Or the, uh, for that one I might just write stuck inside of mobile and that's it. Yeah. Anyways, number 10, pledging my time. Wait a minute. 
Did I miss something? Yes, I did. My number 11. Sorry, so uh, number 10 spoiler. Number 11, stuck inside of Mobile with the Memphis Blues again. Leopard skin, pill box hat. And for some reason, I have a Southern accent or not to offend anyone who's actually from the Southern U.S., I have a half-assed Southern accent. Well, what you could do is leopard skin, pillbox hat. I refuse. Well, I would rather it. rip out my own tongue. Well, I'll do it for the rest of the entire ranking Number nine, pledging my time. <sighs> number nine, I'm on number ten. Jesus, I did it again. Number nine, number ten is pledging my time. God, I'm so far off of this. Number ten, pledging my time. Temporary like Achilles. Temporary like Achilles. What's Dylan grilling? Shout out to anyone who knows that video. Anyways, uh, number nine, fourth time around. Pledging my time. We, I, this is like a relay. <laughs> you this, go first, then me. <laughs> th- this happens every single episode. We're, we're one <laughs> off of like particular tracks every time. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's a single episode we've done, like not including matches, where like there isn't at least one off of each other. Like yeah. every single episode has at least one off. It hurts my heart because I'm like, oh, we're gonna, oh, we were so close. So Very close. close. Uh, so make sure I'm in order here. So, all right, number eight. Most likely you go your way and I'll go mine. I hate you so much. Rainy Day Women, number 12 and 35. Rainy Day. (laughs) What hell have you walked into today? Uh, uh, Fiery, fiery, painful. Number seven, just like a woman. You know what? You're spot on with that one. I'll allow that one. Uh, Fourth time around. I actually thought you had just like a woman. Nope, when nope, you said nope, you got it, I was like, yes. Oh, no, no. The way you sang it, you know, I'll let you slide with that one. That's it. I'm starting to think zero on this one. But every time we say that, that then the next one's like the match. <laughs> it uh, won't be. Temper- we have a couple that we could match on. Still yeah. looking at the line- list here. Yeah, we still can. Okay. All right. So your number seven was fourth time around. Yep. Cool. All right. So number six for me. I want you. Absolutely, sweet Marie. Absolutely. Number five. Obviously, five believers. Just like a woman. We still have chances to match. No, we don't. Yes, we do. We have uh... one. We have one. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a thing. <laughs> All right. So my number four is one of us must know sooner or later. I want you. I want you. <laughs> Go get me one of those hot chocolates that you've been talking about earlier in the desert. I know that's how Bob Dylan writes. I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> Drugs. Number three, uh, rainy day woman, number 12 and 35. Most likely you go your way and I'll go mine. You go over there. I go over here where there's more sunshine. <laughs> You know what? I'm not offended if anyone listening to this just wants to shut it down now. Just, just you know what? If Chris is going to keep doing this, you know what? I've already tuned out. You can tune out. It's what if okay. they really like it? It's a, Well, you know what? Y'all got problems. <laughs> Wait here a minute. I have to go and make the Bob Dylan tinkle in the toilet. I fucking hate this so much. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. All right. What is your number two? What's that you said about Bob Dylan? Number two, sad-eyed lady of the lowlands. 
obviously five believers. We did get a match, didn't we? We did. I didn't think we would. Obviously. So number one, obviously, Visions of Johanna. Yep. That one's mine. We actually scored a number one. When's the last time we got a number <sighs> one? Jesus. Uh, victim of Victim of Love, Eagles. Episode 15. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, we don't get that often. So, wow, the oh. one we got on this album. Uh, this is going to bring us down below 13% for lifetime matches, though, oh, now. That's but okay. We that's got okay. one. One's I, better than none. I did not think that we were going to get the number one. It just it didn't seem like that was your number one, and I am very pleased. I'm I really very enjoy, pleased. I, I really enjoyed it. I did. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, me too. it dragged a little bit, but, I mean, I can deal with it. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I remember cool. uh, last week when I first listened to the album, I was taking a walk. And just like that song came on, I was just enjoying it. It was like a light snowfall, too. So just like something about the, the atmosphere around me, too. It was like, hey, this is nice. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, one is better than none. Not as good as two, but it's not as fun if it's just one in the sun eating a bun, hun. <laughs> Ew. Bob Dylan. Okay, we can finally move on. Oh, please move on. Yeah. To the yes. album rating. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm just gonna ruin your fucking night. You have already, yes. And now it's forever immortalized, or forever immortalized in YouTube and also audio, whatever. It's it's immortalized everywhere. Ah, great, great, great. Can't wait. Okay, so now we transition. Bob Dylan. It's time to rate a record or the record, the record today, of course, Bob Dylan's "Blonde on Blonde." And as you can see, what we did last week with Brooks and Dunn, if you look down in the deed tier, wow, what a high-ranking album that was. Still better than Weezer, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. J- just kind of barely, but it's there. But anyways, yes, today, Bob Dylan, Blonde on Blonde. We finally get, you've heard what we think about the songs. We talked about them. We ranked songs. Going to rate the record. And, oh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm feeling like Savannah should go first today. Uh, okay. Um, now... Before we started recording, uh, you had made a, I'm assuming, slightly educated guess on what you think I was going to rate it. I And I will mention very quickly, it's because, as I mentioned previously, uh, yeah. because of how much it sounded like you didn't want to do this album, I came up yeah. with a particular score. Yeah. And I like either showing you up, saying, ha ha, look at this. Or it is pleasing to me when you do get it fairly accurate. So what was that? I said you were going to rate it 52% with a 3% margin of error. Yes. 50 on the nose. Okay, I got it. I got it then. I'm going to count that as a victory. As soon as you said that, I was like, he knows me. (laughs) I'm getting better. I mean, like, we are, what, 21... Technically, 20 episodes, technically 21. Yeah. So I, th- I think I'm starting to figure out your takes and everything about music and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's fine and dandy. So that one's yours. 50 on the nose. Yep. And as I figured, I'd probably end up rating this album just a little better than you. Mm-hmm. I rated this one 61.42%. I was close with my guess of 59. Ah, there you go. Yeah, just a little off. So we were both like, what, 2% off then? Yeah, not too bad. Not too shabby. And overall, that means this album is likely going where I was already imagining it would. Oh, and by the way, 
Actually, you know, I'll just do the score first. Yeah, 61.42 was mine. So that brings us to a grand total of 55.71%, which puts it just above uh, Brooks and Dunn there, but it's going to be a little under Guster, so it's going to be somewhere around here. I will fix that when I do, but yeah, so it's better than Brooks and Dunn, but not as good as Guster. Yep, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I figured you'd like the I mean, D-tier Bob Dylan. Yeah, but to be fair, I think I might want to listen to Brooks and Dunn more than I'd want to listen to this album a second time. May God have mercy on your soul. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> He's already given up. Yeah, he tried a long time ago. Say, eh, whatever. Free will. Go do it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Have fun. See ya. So yep. that's where the album ends up. But I do want to mention, because this might look a little different to you as it should, we have a waiting room now. The albums that come up in the future wait over here four at a time. Uh, so obviously you see some like big blurry pixelated boxes on there now. Uh, maybe if you're a super sleuth and you can like use your guessing skills, you might know what's coming up. But there's a partial teaser for what we got. But Bob Dylan was first in the waiting room. So we finally rated his record. Mm-hmm. Well, well, then there you go. Bob Dylan found his place on our rate the record list. Uh, not as high as Rolling Stone magazine did, but I mean, D-tier. are they deaf? Well, they probably go by musical impact, though, as we didn't. So, I mean, there's a lot of albums on that list I think don't deserve the place they have. Yeah. But they're there anyways. That's their own criteria. This is ours. Grain of salt, blah, blah, blah. Fair enough. But yes, that means you've reached the end of the episode. So thank you so much for watching, hanging out with us. Uh, Hopefully you liked watching the episode today, listening to the episode today. And if you did, again, like, subscribe, comment, rate, share. Anything to do to help build that musical community. We want you to be part of it. Be part of the discussion. Let us know what you thought of the album today. Where would you rank the songs? Where would you rate the record? How right or wrong are we? Please let us know. Yes, I'm very interested to hear the backlash. Thank you. Uh, as we await like every record that we do. <laughs> and I mean, Fair. You don't just have to do it on uh, wherever you're listening or watching this from. You can also do it on social media with Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We are at Rate the Record Podcast. And, of course, on Twitter, at Rate the Record. And old-fashioned email. That's right, old-fashioned. Rate the Record at gmail.com. You can always just say hello, too, if you don't want to be so mean about it. Hell yeah. So this was an interesting episode, another randomizer in the bag. And, yes, we will be doing another one down the road, probably literally another 10 episodes away. Because we like to, like, you know, leave gaps for that and everything like that. Our own personal picks and yours. Remember, fan requests, you can always send those in as well. But before we go, we always like to give you, like, a little snippet of what to expect in the next episode. Next week Mm -hmm. is... It's funny how it took three episodes into the new year to finally get Savannah's album in here. (laughs) We had mine, we had a fan request, and then we had this one, which was the randomizer. So, yes, it's Savannah's turn next week. What can we expect? So next week's band is fronted by someone who was in one of the most influential metal bands and then became one. Ah, Jimi Hendrix. Yes, it is. It is the, the, uh, the, the album, you know, where he does the guitar stuff. Yeah. That one. Ah, yes. Johnny Cash. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Just keep naming a bunch of names. And then I accidentally (laughs) named the correct one. You're like, no, no. All right. Shut it down. Shut it down. Didn't yeah. I do that for Weezer and I had to censor it in the episode prior to Weezer where I actually said it was Weezer? And I think so, yeah. That was funny. Good yeah. times. Yeah. yeah, slip of the tongue. Yeah, we have grown so much over this podcast. So next week, episode 21, just that's how much we've grown now. It's a, a legal to drink in America next week. Excellent. 
So until then, uh, we hope you listen to some awesome music. Once again, thank you very much for tuning in, and we will see you again next week. So take care, friends. Bye-bye.